You really think I'm Mr. Hyde when I drink? Well, yeah, you get a little bit like, sometimes you can get a little bit angry. Just Whatever. Like. I'm also so nice and sweet all the time. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Arden Rose. And I'm Will Dobbishan. And you're listening to Crash on My which is our one-stop pit stop of the internet, of all the interesting things that you would like to hear about. Ain't that right, Willie D? That is right. This week on Crash on My Couch, we talk about a man who, who might get sued for saving a Starbucks. We're going to talk about what kind of drunk you might be. And we're going to talk about whether or not your dog would eat your face when you die. This episode of Crash My Couch is brought to you by Away. Away makes first-class luggage at coach prices that allow you to charge your phone on the go. For $20 off your order, go to awaytravel.com slash crash and use the promo code CRASH. That's awaytravel.com slash crash, promo code CRASH. Hello. Hello. everybody. Hi guys, how we doing? Oh my gosh, this is, we, sorry if we sound so tired, Arden is exhausted, I am exhausted, it's one of those weeks <laughs> this week, Arden's also got a sore throat coming on, I spent the whole day yeah. location wrecking, um, true, which is, true. listen to this yeah. guys, do you hear this? Oh. This is your ASMR moment of the day, and you know what that is? It's me eating a cough drop. Nice. Um, um, uh huh. Because I have a sore, sore ass throat. But anyways, you were on yeah, a recce today. Yeah, I spent today. the whole day uh, just looking at locations for this. The, That's good. For this short film shooting this weekend. Um, yeah, Will is shooting his uh, first big short film. We've kind of talked to, talked to you guys about this like every week in intervals, but this weekend is the weekend. It is D Day for you, sir. Yeah. Are you excited? I am really excited. I'm, I'm a little bit nervous. But yeah, I feel I feel good about it. I think, like at the moment, I'm kind of like really excited for it, but also like really dreading it. It's kind of like a, it's really? kind of like a mix You're of both. Getting the anxiety jitters. And I think yeah. come Monday, like after I've done it, I'm gonna feel like, hopefully, feel like really good about it and just be happy that like I yeah I did it. It's just you know at the moment yeah. it's a lot of just like really boring logistical stuff and where it's gonna rain and it's taking place outside and I don't know it's just like. Just a lot of things that could go wrong, but also a lot of things that could go right. So, true that. Well, babe, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be great. I'm not worried yeah. about it because I know, like you guys aren't on, aren't really seeing the behind the scenes of a lot of this. This is sort of the behind the scenes for you. But um, we've had a lot of conversations of like, no, not everything is not gonna go entirely wrong. Everything is gonna be great, and uh, I think it's gonna be really, really cool. You have an amazing set of actors to work with. Yeah. And you guys seem to have found a really cool location. And I'm just excited for you to be ready to edit it with me in L.A. Yeah. So you can get back over here. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited too. So guys, yeah, we apologize if this week we're, uh, we're not feeling so peppy. I know. I'm, I Honestly, I just feel sick. I'm just sick. I got back on Sunday and I was feeling fine. But I got back Sunday. That night, we had streamy stuff because Mr. Shooting Body President got nominated for six awards, yeah, which is crazy. Did. Yes. Um, but 
uh, half of the awards that we got were kind of on Sunday, and then the other half were on the actual Streamy Awards, like, screen day, um, Tuesday. So, uh, Sunday I was out. Monday I ended up doing, like, work and having, like, auditions and crazy stuff all, all day. And then Tuesday was all Streamy stuff. So, yesterday, Wednesday, I was like, I'm just gonna chill out at home all day. And I got, like, a little bit of work done, but I just felt, like, crap all day, and I couldn't figure out why. But this happens to me, like, and I think it happens to you, too. It happens to, like, everyone, where you have, like, a low day before you get sick. You know what mm. I mean? Like, you almost feel a little bit depressed, like, right before you get sick. Yeah. Like, I don't remember. Do you remember talking to me yesterday, and you're like, you sound a little edgy. And I'm like, yeah, I don't feel I don't feel good. I don't know what it is. And then, of course, I wake up this morning to, like, a sore yeah. throat. So I'm it like, always oh. kind of happens. I think it's just, like, your body's fighting something. But, hey, we got to play mm-hmm. Minecraft. And what kind of... We did. Me and Arden have like, so here's the thing. I've been playing Minecraft for like since I was a little boy. I like I, I must. You can, you're making it sound like you play it like every single day. No, like, no, it's like no, you've no. got a Minecraft T-shirt. No, no. I, I, and you're like, I was playing it for a while, and this is like such a gross hipster thing to say. I was saying to Arden yesterday, but like, I remember like the first couple months it came out, it was like kind of the big rage. Like everyone was like playing it, and like it, the game itself was like, I think it was six pounds. Like, it was six pounds, the game. I feel like I remember that. Yeah, and I, like, was so hyped about it. I would play it with my friends. And, um, yeah, I kind of, like, lost touch with the game because it's, like, it is the most commercial game ever. And, like, it's kind of limited to what you can do, I feel like. In a way, it is limiting. But you you kind of didn't really play it that much, did you? And now we're, we're playing it together. And it's fun just to play co-op. Yeah. yeah, I had like a m- little history with it just because um, Megan Camarena, Stra- Strawberry Seventeen, like way back in the day, I used to play and do like the online challenges where it'd be like Hunger Games or you do go kart racing or like whatever in Minecraft. So I used to play around with her right. and Cat, and we just used to like fuck around on Minecraft and it was really fun but I didn't really play on my own I didn't really get the thing like I downloaded it myself but it just wasn't as fun when I was doing it by myself so when I had a partner in crime to play Minecraft with AAA you're all about it more fun yeah yeah we've been building um we built like this hideous hideous (laughs) house first that we felt really confident in like we really liked it at first, but it looks like a really weird glowy robot hat. Hat. Yeah, hat, it looks head. it looks awful. <laughs> it's so bad. And then we just built like this beautiful, colossal treehouse in the sky, and like our little weird robot head is only like a co- like a hundred feet oh away gosh. from our beautiful tree. I can't wait to start working on that. We need to build the house, <laughs> the house aspect to it. I'm just thinking: Do we want to do like a full glass dome. interior dome? Dome. I was thinking glass dome, but I don't know. You guys tweet at us and let us know what our house should look like in Minecraft since it's our virtual meeting place. <laughs> um, and then we need to play more Overwatch, too. I'm excited oh, yeah. to play Overwatch. Yeah. Um, we should play. After we're done with the podcast, we yeah. should play some Overwatch. I'm just so tired. Like I feel like I'm just getting annoyed if I play it. Because when you first play it, <laughs> the first time you play it, you're so bad at it if you haven't played it for a while. It takes so long so to get true. back into it and like be good at it again. So true. You know what you should do tomorrow if you have like any free time because you said that you're starting work a little bit later. Yeah, tomorrow. tomorrow's kind of a, an in between day, which is really nice. 
you get like a, like I said, calm before the yeah. storm because Saturday you start shooting. So you should play in the morning, just like a couple soft rounds, and I'll play like a little bit tonight. Try to get my rank back up, get back in that Zenyatta game, and see if we are even remotely good anymore. Yeah. And then we can play together tomorrow online because okay. it's always like. We're overly confident. We'll like start playing. We'll like go online together, and we're like, "Yeah, we're great at this game. Like, this will be great." And then it's just like we get shot on for like an yeah. hour. So, yeah. But I'm really excited to play. Like way back in the day when Will and I first started doing long distance, like, like really heavily. I mean, we've always been doing long distance, but like when we would go like weeks to a month without seeing each other, I actually almost started looking forward to it because I loved playing Overwatch so much with you. So, like, I still have, like, this thing where I kind of want us to get two PlayStations so that we can play Overwatch I know, together. It's so fun. I love Overwatch. It's such a fun game. Um, but I like being able to, like, co-pilot with mm. you. I like going in mm. with you. I don't, I don't really... I don't love playing on my own. No, neither do I. Yeah. I want someone like, to just, I like, just kind of either, either help, me, help out. me out with or rage with like if if things are not so going true. our way like if something's bullshit yeah, yeah like we gotta rage together yeah. well okay so that's why will always plays who's your main your main character wait, wait wait don't tell me your main character is always um tracer tracer yeah. here and then my main character is always zenyatta who's my side character uh tobion Yes, I'm trying to think of who your side character. I sometimes is. play as agent. Oh, oh, no, no, no! Oh, I was no. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine, <laughs> fine, fine, fine. Yeah, I, I like being more of a support character, and you like being like an aggro character yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, that's enough yeah. talk about video um, games. Okay, well, guys, <laughs> uh, I'm going to be starting off this week's podcast with uh-huh. an interesting segment called. Weekly idiot. Weekly idiot. Weekly idiot. It's the weekly idiot. Yeah, it is. So, this story is particularly funny, and one you said you had heard about before because Philip DeFranco had spoken about it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. So basically, (laughs) so actually, you know, I can kind of see two sides to the story. And I would like to see, like, Philip DeFranco's, like, side of this, because he's usually, like, su- like I feel like usually he's quite good at seeing both sides of, yeah. of the, the spectrum. Is. That's why I like watching him. He's usually pretty split middle. But tell us the story. What what website is this on? Uh, so this is on sfgate.com. And um, basically, okay, I'm going to, let me get the date straight. Okay, so there was a robbery in Starbucks in July, a failed robbery. So a guy came in uh, wearing a Transformers mask. Yep. And he, uh, I think he had a fake gun and he tried to rob a barrister uh, and he tried to, you know, take some take some money. And in the process of this robbery, uh, a stranger, like a, a passerby called Craig Jerry, who's 58, he was a customer and he decided to intervene in the robbery. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, he foiled the robbery. But what happened was, is um, Flores, who was the guy that was doing the robbery, he pulled out a knife. And uh, Jerry, who was the guy trying to fight back and prevent him from doing it, took the knife and kind of, like, stabbed him. A lot. A lot. 17 times, to be exact. Yeah, like a lot. So... <laughs> It was a fa- so this guy who was you know kind of like a vigilante. He stopped this guy from robbing this Starbucks, which was a great thing, but in doing so, got this 
guy and effectively stabbed him 17 times. So what's happening now is that Ryan Flores, who's a 30-year-old who tried to rob the place, uh, is going to is going to press charges against uh, Jerry because he thinks that like he thinks that what <laughs> he used was excessive force. And you know, I've got to be honest, like you know, I guess it's one thing. Like I think it's an amazing thing stopping a robbery from taking place. Like that's some superhero shit. Totally. But, like stabbing the guy 17 times like that's a bit feels a little bit excessive feels a little bit excessive yes um i think did he also get stabbed the guy who was defending himself uh let's have a look see jerry sustained a stab wound to the necks to the neck yep okay that's what i was gonna say knife away and the stab an apparent 17 times during the flight you know what i'll Uh, say i watched the video on this so i remember what i remember what philip defranco said but in general, if some guy was fighting you and pulled out a knife and then stabbed you in the neck with it and you got the knife off of him, your adrenaline would be pumping so hard that like if I started stabbing someone, I would probably just keep stabbing them. You know what yeah. I mean? Like if you're, you, you're like fl- fight or flight mode has kicked in, like if you look at the situation, who started all of it? Who like who was the person that walked up with the intent to rob? And then who was the person that pulled out a knife? Like, if you're going to pull out a knife and start fighting someone with it, that's like a deadly weapon. That's assault with a deadly deadly weapon. So, yeah. you know, if you're going to stab someone in the neck, oh, honey, you better look the other way when someone starts stabbing you 17 times. Like, yeah. Yeah. uh-uh. If, if anything, I'm like, uh-uh. You need to watch the video, though, because I remember this now. He hits him with a chair first. Craig, which is his name, like, runs yeah. up and, like, slams him with a chair like wwe style first how crazy is that like i don't know if it's like it kind of fits into the whole um and correct me if i'm wrong what's that thing in the u.s where it's almost like the stand your ground thing where like if someone tries to break into your house and is like gonna like you know try and rob you then you have the active right to defend yourself to defend yourself is that what it's called is it called the stand your ground thing maybe is that what, <laughs> what if it was um, just called the stand your ground thing like not law, not anything. Stand your ground thing. Yeah, um, that, that, that's interesting. I, I, it kind of got me thinking about that, like how like where do you draw the line between like defense versus like actively just like fucking killing someone or you know like. I mean, he obviously was someone who was either like trained in some way or was like ex-military or something. Because how the hell would you know to like react like that to yeah to a threat? But at the same time. Like I said, if someone stabbed me in the neck, like, and I suddenly had a knife in my hands and I knew, like, it's either me or him, I'm I'm going to stab him. I'm going to stab him a lot of times. So I, you know, maybe he did get a little gung-ho, but also he stopped a robbery and then stopped a man from stabbing anyone else in the room. So So, it's looking like uh, old Jerry is is a pretty, pretty big badass. Yeah, and uh, Flores can f- straight up fuck off. And also, it wasn't even him like, like, that took this interview because the interview kind of went viral because it was his mom, like saying, "I understand Ryan robbed the store, but Jerry stabbed my son seventeen times." And it's like, yeah, but if your son hadn't tried to rob a fucking Starbucks, he wouldn't have been stabbed seventeen times. But yeah, he is an idiot. An idiot. Like, why the? F- why would you be suing someone? Like, there's no way. Okay, can you see how this court case is going to go? He's going to take him to court, and 
the judge is going to be like, oh, okay, so you were attempting an armed robbery, um, and then you assaulted a man with a deadly weapon, and then he took that deadly weapon from you and stabbed you. Um, <laughs> let me think here. Yeah, I think you're going to go to jail. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Don't even, I don't know how that could get misconstrued. I mean, I know that, yeah, yeah 17 times is like kind of excessive, but like... He's not dead, is he? <laughs> like, no, he's not dead. Uh-uh. So, I mean, at least that. <laughs> but, um... So... Yeah, I don't well, know. Yeah, so anyway, I just kind of thought it was, like, an interesting... An interesting thing. And also, like, kind of ludicrous at the same time. Hence, the Weekly Idiot title. Yeah, very much but so, the Weekly Idiot. you have our next segment, don't you? Yes! So, up next, we're gonna figure out what kind of partier you are in our next segment... Go science! Go science! Go Go science! science. Okay, here are four types of drunks according to science. This is from time.com. So this is really funny to me because I do believe that different people react differently to alcohol. That's obviously a well-known thing. But um, there's an actual research that was done in Addiction Research and Theory, which is a publication, a medical publication, uh, and it, it says that there are many distinct ways to be drunk. Their study, Interesting. Yeah. Their study, which involved 374 undergraduates at a large Midwestern university, which is basically the key place to go and drink, so yay, um, drew from literature and pop culture in order to conclude that there are four types of drinkers. Are you ready? They're really fun. Tell me. Let on me. The Mary Poppins. The Ernest Hemingway. The Nutty Professor and the Mr. Hyde. Yes. So first off, straight off the bat, which one do you think you are? Without knowing anything. I think I'm the Mary Poppins. (laughs) Does that sound right? I'm excited. We're going to see if that makes sense. Okay. Ready? Why? What do you think you are? Wait, do you know? Have you already read the the definitions? I haven't read the definitions, but I'm going to say... You're like Mr. Jekyll. Mr. Jekyll is Mr. Hyde. You really think oh. I'm Mr. Hyde when I drink? Well, yeah, you get a little bit like... Sometimes you can get a little bit angry. Just Whatever. Like. I'm also so nice and sweet all the time. So I'm just <laughs> Mary Poppins all the time. No, you can you can come out and say that when you, sometimes when you get drunk, you get a little bit angry about things. The uh, southern... The southern lady is coming out. We've had this conversation plenty of times. Okay. All right. Let's bring it up on the podcast then. Um, sure. I'll be <laughs> Mr. Hyde then. For for lack of a better character, fine. I'll be Mr. Hyde. <laughs> okay. The first and largest group, about 40%, was the Ernest Hemingways. Named for the writer who famously boasted that he could drink hell's any amount of whiskey without getting drunk. Hemingways do not exhibit any major changes in personality when they transition from sober to drunk. The study contends. So that I don't feel like I change a lot though when I'm drunk. Well, you would know, I guess. I, I don't wouldn't know. I don't think you change a lot. I actually think that you are, like, one time I remember. Well, this is like not too long ago. We were at a screening, and like, I had had a little bit of wine to drink, but I, you know, whatever. I was looking over, and Will had had a little bit too, but he seemed like completely normal, and he just leaned over to me and was like, "I'm so fucking drunk." And I was like, I had no idea, no idea that you were super blasted. So <laughs> obviously Ernest Hemingway is you. Okay, good to know. Uh, Interesting. And here we go. Here's Mary Poppins. Obviously I'm the Mary Poppins. Once you read this, once you hear this, okay. you're going to okay. understand why. 
In contrast, Mary Poppins drinkers follow the practically perfect in every way description Poppins bestows upon herself in the 1964 movie. They are already outgoing types who somehow get sweeter and happier with alcohol. Me. Me. It's me. Obviously. That's, 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 that's true. Yeah. No, he's trying to save himself. No, I know I can be mean too. I just, you know, I get, I get heightened emotions when I drink. That's who I am. I'm one of those people well, that just really? like... You could kind of be a Jack, like a Mr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde. Oh, I like see what you you're saying. Kind of, you could kind of go either way sometimes. I think it depends, though. Like, if you're in an environment where you're like, you could get pissed off, that's where I feel like you get, like, you would get annoyed. If there's a like, situation like, in which yeah. I can get annoyed, I will get annoyed. I see what you're yeah. saying. Okay, yeah. well, yeah. well, we've still got two more. You haven't even heard what Mr. Hyde is. So let's, let's <laughs> listen. Listen, listen, going off, I've read the book. Like, it doesn't sound like a good thing. I know, but you know. Okay, number three is The Nutty Professor, named for the chemically altered academic with a second personality immortalized by Eddie Murphy. They, the study says, are natural introverts who shed their inhibitions with special vigor when they drink, showing a flashier and more social side. I feel like that's Aaron. Really? I feel like that's Aaron, that's Josh, that's Adrian, that's all those little introvert boys in our friend group that yes. that suddenly start getting dazzling and fun and have like such a good time when they're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They become so much more outgoing. Yeah, um, that's and, true. And then lastly, there are the Mr. Hydes, the evil twin drinkers who are, according to the study, particularly less responsible, less intellectual, and more hostile when under the influence of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there you go. Interesting. But I almost feel like you're not necessarily like nobody is necessarily one like i feel like you could be multiple ones totally totally i mean like like i said i love like going out and being social so i'm one of those people that really enjoys like having a drink and going out but if i get way too drunk i'm over it i think that's the big thing yeah like once i reach a certain point i just need to go home so if i'm just like (sighs) casually drinking different story if it's like a club night and we're staying out for a long time i don't hang very well (laughs) so I'm the same, yeah, yeah. There should also, there should also be a sleepy drinker. Oh, like, I'm the sleepy drinker. Be, uh, the uh, what what could be the name for that? Like instead of the sleepy drinker, it's got to be like the. Uh... Who would be a sleepy drinker? Who's for a like? sleepy character? Is isn't... it the dozy dwarf? The dozy dwarf from Snow White. I think his, his name, name is just Sleepy, isn't it? His name is, is it sleepy? sleepy. It's called. I think he's called Sleepy. I thought his name was Dozy. Dozy. <laughs> And wouldn't it be drowsy? Dozy. What's it called? Dozy. No, look up um, sleepy. It's sleepy. Is it really? <laughs> I think so. Why did I think it was... I'm looking out the seven dwarfs. I could be wrong. You have grumpy, happy, sleepy, bashful, sneezy, dopey. You said dozy. <laughs> I said dozy. It was dopey. <laughs> But really, it was sleepy. But okay. really, it was sleepy. Um, I got it totally wrong. <laughs> but if you say you're a sleepy drinker, I feel like that doesn't really connotate anything different. You're just saying, yeah, I get sleepy when I drink. No one's going to be like, yeah. oh, like the dwarf? Oh, yeah. So we need to think. I was thinking like, you know, in the first Pirates of the Caribbean, when <laughs> when Jack Sparrow is gathering his like un- his crew back together and he throws mm. the water on the guy who was, like, sleeping in, like, the pig's pen because he was so yeah. drunk that he just, like, fell asleep in the pig's pen. Interesting. That's me as a drunk. <laughs> That's me just always. 
So, but I don't know what his name is. Wait, let me look up his name. I don't know if you're going to be able to find that name. Oh, honey. I'll be able to find the name. Right-hand man of Jack Sparrow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. In the go. first movie. We'll see if we can get it. Let me see. Found him. Found him. His name was Joshimi Gibbs. Gibbs. Gibbs was the guy. Mr. Gibbs. Gibbs. Ma- Master Gibbs. Mr. Gibbs. Mr. Gibbs. There. Nailed it. So I pull a Mr. Gibbs when I drink. That's me. Interesting. Yep. There we go. Nailed it. Nailed it. All right, guys. So we're going to take a little break from talking about all the fascinating, wonderful things that we're talking about right now to uh, have a little chat about our sponsor this week. This episode of Crash on My Couch is brought to you by Away. Away makes first-class luggage at coach prices that allows you to charge your phone on the go. For $20 off your order, go to awaytravel.com slash crash and use the promo code CRASH. That's awaytravel.com slash crash, promo code CRASH. Away is freaking awesome. We Will and I both have used Away suitcases for the past, like, year, babe? Yeah, this is, like, it's really great that we get to, like, kind of put a spotlight on Away because I have never had a better experience using a suitcase. No, which is like, you don't really think about how much you need a good suitcase until you have a really good one. You know what I mean? Like, you don't think about how smooth the wheels can be or the fact that, like, you can have a USB charger on your luggage. Like, you don't realize how important that kind of stuff is until you have a really nice one and you're, like, wheeling around like a boss at the airport. Yeah, it's kind of like they took all the things that, like, you kind of lacked in a suitcase like the usb ports are really really cool like if your phone's dead and you're on the go and you charge your phone really quickly just plug in a usb wire and it's good to go it's like super lightweight like super light that's a big thing for me the other thing which is like and it sounds kind of minor but like it's a huge big thing for me and like you could probably agree on mm-hmm. is like the the wheels are insanely smooth uh-huh. like the bag is really smooth like the bag is kind of designed in a way so it has like these kind of 360 degree um like spinning wheels that mm-hmm. won't get stuck or anything so they just the bag just like rolls yep basically. and it also has like a little keypad that you can put in a little lock on so it's theft proof it's tsa approved so if they need to like get in there i think there's like a universal key but if someone tries to steal your bag you don't have to worry about anyone getting into it because you can set your own key code i love it because it has um kind of like a compression system where you can put clothes in one side and then use kind of the place where I, I usually pack my laptop in this like kind of mesh over kind of thing. It, it It's almost like a little pocket that's on top that has straps over it. And when you pull yeah. it tight, it compresses everything down and like locks it all in. So if you're one of those people that likes to overpack, it's like perfect, <laughs> which I am. And also it has like the carry on. The bigger carry-on, the medium, and the large, and they all come in, like, different sizes and shapes yeah, and colors. Yeah, all the colors are really, really nice, yeah. Honestly, I love my carry-on. If anything, I would love to be able to carry that more because I love having my big one, too. And I usually use that when I visit Will in London. I'll pack my big, big away bag, the large one, and it's awesome because I'm never overweight either. Like, usually in any other bag I use, I'm always overweight for international travel, and I end up paying, like, yeah. 100 bucks more. But for whatever reason, maybe it's because it's it's a lighter uh, luggage. I usually don't have to pay overage charges, which is awesome. Yeah. 
It's also um, free shipping anywhere in the lower 48 states. And there's a risk-free 100-day trial period. So if at any point you decide it's not for you, you can return it for a full refund. No questions asked, which is nice. And also it has a lifetime warranty. So that's pretty awesome too. Thanks, Away. Thanks to our friends at Away for uh, sponsoring this episode. Yeah, because we personally love this brand. And our friend Emma, shout out to Emma, works there. So what up, Emma? (laughs) Um, Yeah. So anyways... Make sure to go to awaytravel.com slash crash and use the promo code crash to get $20 off your order. Thank you. All right, guys. Next up, we have another segment, and that is animals are badasses. Yes. And this article is on the nationalgeographic.com. And don't be scared. Don't be scared. But I'm going to say the title and it might scare you a little bit, but don't be scared. (laughs) Uh, The title is Would Your Dog Eat You If You Died? (laughs) Get the facts. I love the get the facts. Like, it's like, you know, really start thinking about it. Yeah, you might want to have to, you know, put, put a little thought in next time you decide to get a beloved pet after you read this article. That's for damn sure. Um, okay. So basically, in 1997, a forensic examiner in Berlin reported one of his more unusual cases. A 31-year-old man had retired for the evening to the converted garden shed behind his mother's house, where he lived mm-hmm. with his German shepherd. Around 8.15 p.m., neighbors heard a gunshot from the direction of the shed. 45 minutes later, the man's mother and neighbors found him dead of a gunshot wound to the mouth, a Walther pistol under his hands, and a farewell note on the table. So obviously, he committed suicide. Dark, dark, dark. Um, But most of his face and neck were gone, and there were tooth marks around the edges of the wounds. A half-full bowl of dog food sat on the floor. The German Shepherd was calm and responded to police commands on the way to the animal sanctuary. Um, The dog regurgitated uh, a bit of the owner's face, and this was all within 30 minutes or 45 minutes that he decided to eat his owner's face. I think we all have this idea that if we ever die with our pets around... They'll just kind of sit on our dead bodies until police come, and it'll be, like, some cute romantic thing. But it looks like being eaten by your pet is more more common than you would think. Wow. From what I'm reading. So, um, basically, there, there are some patterns. Okay. Uh, a lot of people think that it is the cat. Like, a lot of people assume that cats would be more likely to do this, but it's actually dogs that do it more often. I would um, think that dogs are more likely to do it than cats. I don't know. Yeah, I I would think it would be cats. It, there have been like uh, things that have happened. Okay, a woman died of an aneurysm, and it was found the next morning on the bathroom floor, and they found that their the dog had consumed a lot of her face while her two cats hadn't touched her. Oh my god! Like it's a dog thing. Dogs eat you when you die. <laughs> like like what? And people think that it's because dogs are descended from wolves. So, you know. Oh, if, interesting. Yeah, if an owner dies and there's no source of food, what are they going to do? They're just going to take whatever flesh is around. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it kind of comes down to just kind of like nature. Because it's isn't it kind of like a survival thing almost? Like, yeah, I think so. Trying to find like flesh. Yes, and, and there's some that, that it's a clear case of survival. Like, there was a 2007 report. I can't believe how many times this has happened, by the way. But uh, there was a 2007 report of a chow and a Labrador mix surviving for about a month after consuming their dead owner's body, leaving only the top of the skull and an assortment of bone shards. 
can you believe that? Can you imagine, like, then having to to place those dogs in another person's care? And they're like, oh, what was his last owner like? And they're like, oh, oh. well, you know, um, funny they've been, thing. They, they've been through a little, tra- a, a little bit of trauma. What I wouldn't do um, is fall asleep around the dogs. <laughs> but I think, other than that, it's fine. Um, well, it's funny. I'm I'm reading the article as well, and I've just read a really interesting paragraph that says that apparently, um, uh, it could be explained by a psychological state as well. So it's saying that, like, you know, typically, like when a pet is worried, they will like lick or nudge your face uh-huh. to see if you're like okay. Uh-huh. And then it says that, but when that fails, it could produce um, like a more frantic effort and like almost like a state of panic, and that could lead to biting. And then um, that could easily kind of gonna go into eating and apparently like eating gets stimulated when they taste blood so it's kind of like kind of has like kind of a a different uh effect yeah yeah because it says that when dogs scavenged dead owners indoors gross 73 percent of the cases (laughs) involved bites to the face and just 15 percent had bites the abdomen so it's obviously the dog like being like where why haven't you woke it up wake up already and then being so confused trying to be such a good boy that they good boy your face off the good boy your face off. So don't don't die when a dog's around or they'll good boy your face off. <laughs> um so yeah, that's that's it. I love how at the end of the article they have a so what to do section. Like you can prevent your dog <laughs> like A that you can prevent your death, but B that you can like know when your death is gonna happen so you make sure your dog's not around. <laughs> like there's no way to guarantee your pet won't eat you if you die, apart from not having any pets. Even hamsters yeah, and like, birds have been known to scavenge on occasion. Oh my what? god, can you imagine, like, you're dying and you're, like, you look over and you see a dog, like, hanging out, you're like, oh, this is one way to go. Cool, cool. Well, the other thing is, like, how terrifying would it be to, like, roll up trying to check on Miss Jensen, who's next door, haven't heard from her in a second, you know, saw her like six hours ago, walk into her apartment and half her face is just gone. Like, you'd be so freaked out. Oh my Your first... God, you would be. My first instinct would not be that the dog did it. I'd be like, what the fuck kind of serial killer was here? You know what I mean? Like, I would just immediately yeah, you'd go be that. like, who killed that person and like took his face? Yeah. Like some I, Hannibal was... type crap. Exactly. I would think it was like a Hannibal situation. I would never think that it was like a pet. I'd be like, oh, Rufus, you're probably so traumatized. Like the Maltese or Maltese, <laughs> lol, Maltese that has like a little piece of like old lady hair hanging out of its mouth. Oh like, my God, that's gross. Literally, it, at the end of this article, this is the best part. They say, if you have neighbors who are elderly, sick, or vulnerable, you should check on them regularly. Like, like this is how we can prevent dogs from eating the faces of dead humans. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, wow. God. That's definitely some food for thought. Yes. Oh, gross. Gross. By the way, they also say that a more insecure, feel fearful dog that regularly shows signs of separation anxiety may be more likely to move from frantic licking to biting to eating. So if you have like a Chihuahua or a Pomeranian, they say that they could also be like like more susceptible to it. The more anxious your dog oh is, gosh. the more likely it is to eat your face. I would just eat 
I would eat everybody's faces then. I'd be like, are you okay? Me eating everyone's face all the time because I'm so anxious. <laughs> um, but anyways, so that's fun. Glad we ended yeah. on that note. Yeah, have a think about that, guys. Yeah. And hope we, we will see you next week. <laughs> hope we didn't depress you too much. Uh, that's, it's fine. <laughs> Don't think about your dog eating you. It's fine. At least they're not eating you alive. You know, they just care about you so much in death that they don't want you to, they want you to stick around, you know? Guys, next week, we're going to be back to our real selves and uh, we're going to be feeling pretty good about it. So <laughs> That was yeah. very also, assuring. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry um, this came a few days late as well. Like just everything going on at the moment. It's just like. It's been hashtag you know, nutty. It's been nutty. Yeah. It's like, honestly, if you've been following our social medias for the past week, you know. Like, it's just been nuts. With the streamies going on and everything with your short film, it's just been a crazy week. So thank you for bearing with us. And we will see you guys next week for another riveting episode of Crash on My Couch, as per usual. All right. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Later, skaters. Bye. Crash on My Couch would not be Crash on My Couch without the help of these wonderful people. Mm-hmm. A special thanks to executive producer Tim Street, my manager Byron Ashley, producer Emma Kikuchi, and our editor Jason Perrier, and for production assistance from Alan Ortega. Thank you guys.